Hey, Rockheads, it's time again for NDC, an incredible developer conference held annually in Oslo, Norway. Richard and I will both be there, of course, but check out this all-star lineup. Troy Hunt, Rob Eisenberg, Scott Allen, Oren Eni, Michelle Bustamante, Damian Edwards, Brock Allen, Dominic Beyer, and many more. Register before March 11th at ndc-oslo.com and save up to $350. That's 3,000 kroner for you Norwegians. NDC, we'll see you there. .NET Rocks, episode 1265, with guest Jacob Jedrishek. Recorded Tuesday, January 26th, 2016. Hey, guess what? It's Carl and Richard back in the studio, back from our exploits in uh, Western Europe. How you doing, my friend? I am happy to be home. I'm always happy to be home. You know how that is. Yeah, I was happy to leave the spay. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it was gradually sucking us in. We were never going to leave. I think we were going to move. Did I say happy? <laughs> I meant sad. <laughs> i could have stayed there a long time yeah no it was getting it was definitely getting a hold of us no two ways about it yeah and we're pretty time shifty at the moment right i mean yes. this is coming out in march we're recording at the end of january we literally just got back from scotland a, a day or two ago right remember that <laughs> yeah <laughs> a couple months ago that was great a couple All months right. ago yeah that was awesome i love that all and, right well i uh, found something interesting for better no framework cloud related and uh well, let's just roll the music and we'll find out what it is awesome <laughs> All right, dude, what do you got? All right, so um, not everything that I show you on Better Know Framework is free, but it's usually either unique or maybe the first I've heard of such a thing. So that's what sure. I found here. It's macincloud.com. So it's a, a comprehensive Mac in the cloud. What? A Mac in the cloud. Like the Apple Mac? The Apple Mac. You remote into it and you have a Mac. That's cool. But however, I wouldn't do any, you know, like video editing or anything. But uh, Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good idea. But development, certainly. Would this be a way to uh, deal with your Mac requirements for making iOS apps? That's exactly what it is. Nice. Yeah. And you you get, you know, licensed Mac OS or whatever. And uh, there's a partner with Microsoft. There's a, They're going to be on stage at Connect. Well, they were on stage at Connect 2015. They huh. need to update their marquee. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a nice little uh, cloud-based Mac solution. Just another way to solve this problem without having to own the hardware. Yeah, MacInCloud.com. There you that's go. That's a really cool find, dude. I love it. And again, it's not free, of course, but you know, it's there and check it out. Yeah, I'd like to know if people are using it and what they think. Sure. Yep. Who's talking to us, Richard? Grabbed a comment off of show 1155, the one we did with Christopher Benage when we talked about performance tuning in Azure. And mm -hmm. I pulled this particular comment because I know we're going to talk a bit about console. And at this time, because this was months ago, right? The, the show was actually recorded back in uh, uh, June of 2015. There was a little burst of conversation about performance problems with the client for Azure. And this comment comes from Jim McDonald, who says, I was tuning into this show this morning and heard the listener commentary on Azure portal performance. Mm. I live in the U.S. and spend quite a bit of time in both preview and legacy Azure portals. And the performance, in particular for preview, is terrible. 
I expect it has little to do with latency. We manage about 100 servers and the blades, and the initial portal homepage paints very slowly. Brings to mind the old adage about the cobbler's children going barefoot. With all the talented to brilliant minds at Microsoft, it boggles my mind that they can't turn out a better product than this. I also think that Microsoft tried way too hard to make the preview portal look like Metro. The Azure portal is not a consumer product, so stop trying to make it look like one. It's not meant for touch, and the whole concept of scrolling horizontally as you navigate into deeper functions is UIL. I wish Azure leadership would take another look at this product. Speed and functionality leave a lot to be desired. Spend about 30 minutes managing servers in the AWS portal, and you'll see the world of difference. Hmm. And, you know, I think about seven months ago, he wasn't completely off the wall. This is also when we had the whole conversation going on with Nate and Vivo, uh, who has gotten a mug from us and so forth. And he was actually engaged with dealing with using Azure from Brazil, which right. had its whole other set of problems as well. But the good news is all of this stuff actually did get better. Yep, sure did. As the new portal came out of preview, it did get faster. I do think there are some challenges with the way UI and so forth are organized. We've talked about this offline Recently over on Run As Radio, although by the time this show comes out, the Run As Radio show will already be out, we were talking about the, um, the, the new management studio that is actually an overlaying product. It sits above just Azure. It allows you to help you manage AWS and so forth. Right. That is much more focused on organizing the resources you have in Azure and other cloud services into applications for instrumentation, mm-hmm. automation, and so forth. So there's a bunch of tooling coming here, uh, and part of it has to do with making the portal better, but I think we're going to have more conversations about that today. Yeah, I think we will. So, Jim, thanks so much for your comment. You facetiously didn't think you'd get a mug, but you, sir, were wrong, because a mug is on its <laughs> way to you. And if you'd like a mug, write a comment on the website at .netrocks.com or via any of our social media. Post every show to Google Plus and Facebook, and if we read that comment on the show, we'll send you a mug. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. He's at Rich Campbell. I'm at Carl Franklin. And please send us a tweet. Uh, we eat him like M&Ms. Or Smarties, in your case, Richard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's uh, talk to Jacob Jedrashek. He works for Microsoft as a software engineer. Currently, he works on the Azure portal. Coincidentally, the largest and most complex single-page web application in the world written in TypeScript. He is the founder of .NET Confpl, .NET Confpl, an online conference for .NET developers, and his blog is at jjo9.net. It flows right off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Before Microsoft, Jacob was working as a web developer on a variety of projects for different customers, such as law firms, real estate agencies, yearbook publishers, universities, and financial companies. He also developed a model-driven development and verification approach for medical devices while working for Santos Labs at Kansas State University, where he got his master's degree. Welcome, Jacob. Hi, Carl. How are you? Hi, Richard. Howdy. Uh, it's great to have you on. And first of all, um, let's talk about the, 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 uh, call, I say the caller. Let's talk about the comment that Richard read. Um, do you have anything to add to what Richard already said? So he said this comment was from, uh, July 2015. June. Yeah. Oh, June. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I would agree. The portal was, was pretty, pretty heavy at the time. And looking back at this, uh, seven or even eight months back, uh, we did a lot of improvements because, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we didn't, when we first, uh, released the preview portal, 
it wasn't ready, right? But, you know, we wanted to show it to the world and show what we are trying to build here and, you know, uh, try ask them for feedback so they can help us to build this. And, you know, at the beginning, we just need to get this to work, right? And the uh, work on performance was, you know, their last step, right? So the, the work on performance happened uh, in the fall uh, last year and... Now I think the, the the load time is so much improved, and I don't know what your thoughts are about this. But when I very first time used the portal, it was in 2014. Mm-hmm. It was hard to get anything done. Right now, you can actually use it. So I always had a sense that the original portal caught overwhelmed by just how much stuff went into Azure as quickly as it did, and then it had to be re-engineered. Just had to be thought about a different way. Yes, correct. So, uh, you know, the the main reason why the new portal was created was the scale, because the old portal was uh, was nice, people liked it, the interface was pre- pretty user-friendly, but it didn't scale. And, yeah. like, if you go to Azure Portal now, and if you see how many services are there, uh, it's, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's gone insane. There's it so much insane. stuff there now. Yeah, I, totally. I'm sure like tomorrow probably there will be like, you know, another service, right? So with, with the old portal, we are not able to really uh, m- manage it in, in case of, you know, uh, deploying, in case of fixing bugs, because we had, you know, one one deployment when, so when one extension, because, so maybe I'll start with that. So the new portal is built in such a way that it has a shell, which is the core of the portal. And then our partner teams are building extensions such as websites, virtual machines, or SQL Mm -hmm. that are sort of independent apps running on it, and they can deploy independently. So if they want to release something, they want to fix something, they don't need to wait on us or other extensions. They can do it whenever they want, uh, as often as they they want. Uh, And, you know, with, with the... Old portal, the release cycle was, uh, I think, like something like three weeks, right? So if you had like, you know, small CSS fix, you had to wait three weeks until, you know, everybody will be ready until like every, uh, uh potential bugs that will occur during a new code written will be fixed. And, you know, it, it was just not, uh, appropriate for what is happening today when Azure is growing in such a fast way. Uh, and another, another, thing we we wanted to do is that we wanted to have a ui which can scale up and and also be consistent so if you have a website if you have sql you you want to have like sort of similar uh experience it's hard sure uh sometimes it you know doesn't really work but i think it's better than to having like totally you know different things for 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 different services speaking of sql um i i really did like about the old portal and this is going to sound like i'm an old man here get off my lawn but i really did like having a web-based solution even though it was silverlight because i'm not always in visual studio you know so for for i'm talking about for sql database management so is is there any sort of web-based SQL management coming? I mean, I when I looked in the new portal, the last time I checked, it, you had to open it in Visual Studio. Oh, I think there definitely is. Currently, I don't have a, a SQL database, but uh, 
there's definitely SQL extension. It was one of the first extensions we had. So you can definitely manage it. You know, maybe not all features are there because this is like the most common complaint. Like, hey, something is not in the new portal because it's still in the old. And this is like the price we have to pay when, you know, because mm. the SQL extension guys, they've, at the, before we, uh, become general availability mm -hmm. they had to first develop towards the old portal and then towards the new so you know they had to sort of do the same work twice and you know it's uh, of course not free and you know we have only 24 hours uh, in a day so you know some features are still lacking and that was the most common complaint but i think now they will push it towards uh, putting everything on the new portal. Yes, so so SQL is definitely on the new portal. Well, I'm looking at one of my SQL databases right now in the new portal, and I have settings open in Visual Studio, which is nice, and then copy, restore, export, and delete. There's no, like, you know, I can't, like, look at my tables or my stored procs or update a store procedure or anything like that, unless I'm totally missing something. But I would think that it'd be right up there on the toolbar. Yeah, sure. So, so experience might be, you know, not, uh, not full yet, but I'm sure the team is working on this and sooner or later it will be there. Okay. That's really, really good to know. And, and so Jacob, is it the SQL team that builds that piece? Yes, that's SQL team. So, you know, like I cannot really like even tell you what is there and when it will be there because I don't know. I am in a team that is building the framework. Yeah. Right. On top of which the, the, that SQL team is using to build uh, the features. Got it. Well, and I think that's got to be a really challenging part of it when you talk about, say, unified UI or, or just, you know, trying to get all the work together. You've got all these teams building all these pieces that are supposed to run in the, the Azure portal. Right? I, I, that's got to be a, a testing challenge. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, every extension is responsible to write tests by themselves right so so they have their own tests uh, you know we provide some sort of you know base for them how how this should run how uh you know what what tests per to perform we have like a testing framework also for them that uh, testing for them is uh, easier uh, but yeah, there are, there are some issues, of course, but I think it's much better war than having, you know, one big monolith and one big team working together because I think at the point now we have like over 500 people working on this UI. <laughs> wow. Hey, Rockheads. As Richard and I travel the world for the Azure World Tour, we're telling people all about our dev-centric friends at Stackify. They've been awarded PC Magazine Editor's Choice for Application Performance Management, stating, and I quote, The depth of application information provided by Stackify totally outshine the other products in this category, end quote. Because Stackify so successfully integrates errors, logs, and metrics into a core APM Plus tool, it's a must-have for .NET developers, which is why PC Mag's Paul Farrell calls it one of the best infrastructure management services of 2015. Try Stackify now for free, and they'll ship you their coveted Developers Against Humanity card game. Just activate your account. Use the link bit.ly slash netrocks to build better apps faster and get your free game. How do you keep the, the look consistent? Like it, I, it's very hard to tell where the, the portal leaves uh, starts and where the, you go to the individual products. 
so, uh, so, so when you're on the portal, you have the blades, right? You have the uh, create experience when you say new, create new resource. So what the extension authors are doing, they're just saying, hey, I want to have my uh, SQL database in the new blade. And then when, I, when you open uh, some particular SQL database, then uh, we are just saying, hey, so this will be a blade. And in uh, the essentials panel, I want to put this information. Then I want to put this kind of tiles in there. In the settings, I want to put this. Uh, I want to put the commands, which is like a small command bar on the blade, so on and so forth. So they don't really uh, design the UI pieces together. They are sort of like, you know, closed in this uh, f- you know what framework allowed them to do and this is you know also the reason why why we have this framework because you know to keep it consistent we we had to sort of log them in right what i'm what i really like about it is you know once once i found the list of websites which was hard because i i mean i found it from uh, all resources and then scrolling all the way down cuz web starts with w <laughs> scrolling all the way down the list found my web apps found the place where they were, but the amount of information that you give there and the settings and tools uh, is just unbelievable. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-boggling. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, you know, again, this is everything what uh, the websites, websites team is doing. And, you know, of course, we need to work together with them because, for example, they say, hey, we want to do this. Currently, I cannot because framework doesn't allow that. So, you know, they ask us, hey, please, can you do this? And then, you know, of course, we also have uh, limited resources, limited time to prioritize all of this, to tell them, hey, maybe you, you can try this, you can try that. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is how it goes. Now, I know we talked to Steve Sanderson about this a bit. Is it knockout under the hood? Oh, yes. Uh, so the portal is mainly built with a TypeScript and knockout. Cool. Right. And uh, I think. TypeScript is like the perfect uh, tool for this, what we are doing here. Because, you know, when you have so many developers, like there's no way you can know everything about uh, the project. Uh, and sometimes you might think that, oh, yeah, I will, you know, change this piece. There's no way I will, you know, break something. And then in TypeScript, you can uh, compile the code and you have this uh, static type checking and you get the compilation break and see, oh, I broke something. Why is that? And then, <laughs> and then you go talk to the guy. Oh, you know, because we just, you know, changed this and that because of this, right? Uh, if we are writing this in JavaScript without uh, strong typing, I think that will be much, much harder. Uh, and Knockout is also very nice uh, because, you know, it was especially nice when uh, Steve was working with us because, you know, when we needed some feature in Knockout, it was uh, pretty easy to uh, get it. Mm. Uh, and also we had, you know, the best uh, Knockout uh, expert as well. Yeah, uh, yeah nothing <laughs> like the leader of the project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so yeah, this is great. Uh, we didn't have any, like, uh, particular issues with that. Uh, we built uh, even... Uh, some features on top of Knockout, uh, which is, uh, for example, called Proxit Observable Layer, because, you know, mm-hmm. every extension in Portal runs in the separate iframe, and we need to figure out how to communicate between this uh, 
this uh, to you know sort of browser windows uh, so we created this proxy observable when you know a knockout observable change it, it sent the post message over the iframe to another window and the other window you know uh, get this message uh, and you know we had to do this in performant way we had to make it you know working across multiple extensions but you know we get it working so uh, knockout was good for that so we stick with it. Uh, there's just so many bells and whistles and knobs to turn here and play with. I, I don't know where to start, <laughs> you, man. You're wandering around that portal, aren't you? Uh, well, I have been, you know, and uh, I took the plunge and got into it, you know, when I saw the handwriting on the wall. And it's just, it's amazing, the stuff that's in here. I mean, I, it was all in there before, but I like the way that it goes, you know, left to right, general to specific. And moves out and gives you more room if you need it. I mean, it's just smart the way it's laid out. And I never feel like I'm losing my place, you know? That is the problem when you have these websites that go from page to page to page. And I don't know how many times I have to press back to get to where I really want to go. And then I'm back at Bing, you know? <laughs> All of a sudden. So, oh, I didn't want to go there. Yeah. No, I really, I really enjoy the way it, it's laid out. And it's one one sort of truism with spas is never hit the back button. Oh yeah, or the refresh button. Yeah, <laughs> don't hit F five. There's plenty of refresh buttons in the app itself just to refresh a, um, you know, one of the iframes. Actually, you can use the back and forward button because we, uh, you know, support the deep linking now. Okay, and and you can even you know uh, bookmark the resources if you want to. So you know, mm. if you open the web app, you can. Notice that there is, you know, hashtag uh, deep link. Uh, so you can bookmark it and you can land straight there. So if you're in a web, uh, web app, for example, and you click on the tools button on the toolbar across the top, then you can do stuff like live HTTP traffic. You can diagnostics as a service, site metrics. Uh, wow. Just an amazing amount of stuff. And that those metrics and things bring you over to um, another page, the Azure App Service Support Preview. Is that in your wheelhouse or is that something else? Uh, well, so there is, recently there was a... You know, a lot of changes with uh, like web apps, API apps. They try to unify it, and now all of this is called app services. Mm -hmm. uh, they try to sort of uh, unify the experience. Mm -hmm. uh, and yet, I totally agree that there is like a lot of stuff there. And I think the best thing they introduce in this tools blade or settings blade is the search, because you know what is cool. Like if you click settings, for example, and then in, in the search settings you type GitHub. Mm. It will filter continuous deployment, which is not necessarily GitHub, but you know, like, you know, after you click and then you click configure required settings, you can mm -hmm. uh, deploy, uh, you know, deploy with GitHub. So uh, this helps a lot. And the same, yeah, with Diagnostics API, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there. Uh, again, they are changing it all the time. I am not uh, really following up all, all the stuff because, you know, it's almost uh, every day some new thing up there. There's, there's one thing at the top of the tools list recommendations and i you know i can't find a website that i have where there are recommendations but if there were what kind of things would show up there oh so this is actually a new thing uh actually i, I, I was working for for uh the 
web control for them. So what websites want to do, they wanted to show you, like, for example, if you run a website and maybe you have high CPU and based on the metrics, they want to recommend you some upgrades. So, for example, you have small website, but, you know, uh, it's not very memory efficient for your needs. So they recommend you maybe you should upgrade to medium. So there will be stuff like that with like comparison. What are the differences between those two uh, uh, instances? So give an opportunity to give you a hint that maybe you should be changing some stuff around. Yep. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, the cool stuff in tools is, for example, console. Okay. So, you know, again, if you like go to tools and you type console, mm-hmm. you have access to the virtual machine that is under hood, your web app. And, you know, if you can uh, list the files. If you say ls, it will list all the files you have in the website. I love it. Uh, you know, it's just like a, a bulletin board. <laughs> 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 yeah, very cool. So I'm trying to figure out what your day-to-day job is like, Jacob. Like, you, you're managing a framework. I almost feel like you can't change anything anymore while all of the different teams are building stuff against it. Uh, well, we can. However, uh, like, we have uh, sort of like a contract with our extensions teams. And this contract is supported by uh, our unit tests that we cannot change API for three months. So once there is some API, uh, we cannot remove it for three months. We need to give them like heads up, mark it as obsolete. So then, you know, when they uh, w- will be still using it, uh, they'll pick up the, you know, new version of framework. They will get a hint. Oh, this is obsolete that you should, you know, change, start using this. Right. Uh, so three months is this sort of contract. Like, you know, at the beginning, uh, we didn't have that. Uh, so, you know, every next version of SDK we, we released for the teams, it was a lot of breaking changes and um, extension partners um, hated us. But now we change it and it's, it's going well. And especially uh, we can, thanks to TypeScript, we can do compile time breaking changes. Because, you know, then when extension pick up the new SDK, and, you know, they, you know, don't change anything, but they have some, you know, old API, you know, they just try to compile and it will not compile. So they'll be yeah. sort of forced to upgrade. Yeah. And I mean, and these guys know where you sleep, right? Like, <laughs> this, 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 an inter- this is just an interesting example of the scenario of having, you know, how often can you change your framework when guys are shipping code this quickly? Uh, mm-hmm. And you've got it. You and you basically have a deprecation plan that that happens so fast. So fast? You mean three months is so fast? Three months is pretty fast for everything other than it seems like the Azure team. And we did a show was it back in November? <laughs> we talked to Jason Zander and he was talking about five hundred features shipped in a year. Yeah. Okay, that's fast. So, yeah. So three months is like you know like very long time, right? Because it's an eternity. T- yeah. Yeah. Correct. Uh, because, you know, we are trying to release uh, every week. Sometimes we, when we have hot fixes, we can, you know, uh, release it uh, almost uh, every day. And right. when we don't break, we can do, you know, w- whatever we we want. And, you know, our API doesn't change, you know, that fast because uh, mostly when we create a new staff, right, then we, uh, we are trying uh, not to change the currently existing APIs, just introduce the new one. 
right usually called uh two like for example we have grid we have grid two we have uh console we have console two and so on and so forth and there will be threes at some point so <laughs> do the product teams actually push requirements back to you like do you use user voice to collect info from them uh so user voice it's this is for uh people outside of microsoft yeah. sort of for for our users yeah hmm. but in your case aren't your users the product teams that build the different azure components oh no the the product teams are people at microsoft we have some external customers like uh, new relic for example but right. we have like sort of different channels of uh, communication with them and and sure they you know they usually request some features like, you know, hey, I want to do this, like how to do this, or can you enable me to do that, right? And then, you know, we're trying to figure out what's the best way to do this. So somehow there is uh, some workaround. Somehow we need to, for example, add the uh, control for them because we have, in addition to Shell, we have like set of the knockout controls that uh, the product teams are using. So they don't have to, you know, care about, you know, styling, about putting it all together, doing validation and all this stuff. This is all done for them. Right. Wow. And, and I, I guess there's always going to be that battle back and forth about what stuff should be part of the portal framework and what stuff should be part of an individual uh, tool builder's tools. Yeah, sure. Yeah, this is, I am always trying to push towards being, you know, as generic as possible to don't, because, you know, sometimes it's, uh, you know, product team is coming to us and say, hey, I need to, you know, do this. Can you do all of this in the framework? And then we were like, well, you know, but uh, then it will be good for you, but then nobody else uh, will, will anybody else to. use it. Well, I mean, the grid's yeah. a great example, right? You've already got two grids. I'm sure you've got pressure to build more grids. <laughs> well i'm just guessing but i'm a good guesser i mean here we are uh we have a lot of like you know requests like i want to do this in the grid i cannot it's it's more like that they don't really ask right. to to build a new grid but but yeah and uh, but yeah actually like recently uh some team uh asked us because they want to sort of uh create a file explorer in the portal yep. and they you know want to they need some features in the grid that are not yet there and we'll need to figure out how to add them or how to, you know, uh, do some workarounds out there. Hey, Richard. Yeah, buddy. Guess what time it is? Must be that happy time again. Oh, it's happy. Uh, <laughs> it's time to replace my entire IT department with an Azure portal expert. <laughs> happy for the expert, not for the IT department. Nice. Uh, hey, wait, you're the IT department. Oh, yeah, no, I know. I'm firing myself. <laughs> you fired. Do it Donald that guy never did anything anyway. Do it Donald Trump style. You fired. Nice. Uh, it's actually time to give away a D experience subscription from Developer Express to one lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. But first, become a UI superhero with DevExpress UI controls and libraries and deliver elegant .NET solutions that address customer needs today and leverage your existing knowledge to build next generation touch-enabled solutions for tomorrow. Whether it's an offense-inspired application or a data-centric analytics dashboard, DevExpress Universal ships with everything you'll need to build your best without limits or compromise. Learn more and download your free 30-day trial at devexpress.com slash superhero. Awesome, dude. So who's our winner? Today's winner is Gwyn Kruger. Oh, congratulations, Gwyn. 
Congratulations. Golf clap for you. First one in weeks. That's right. First time <laughs> I've touched the clapper in a couple of weeks. Yep. I didn't really miss it. And uh, if you don't know what we're doing here, go to .netrocks.com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, answer a few questions, and join the .net Rocks fan club. We have thousands of members all over the world. In every show, we like to give away stuff from our sponsors. And every December, we give away a $5,000 technology shopping spree to one lucky member of the .net Rocks fan club. But you have to sign up to win. And, of course, we'd like to ask our guest, Jacob, if you had $5,000 to spend on technology today, what are you buying? Well, so there's, like, a lot of lot of stuff that I would like to buy. Uh, I'll probably need, like, 50K, but um, if, I have only, <laughs> if I have only five... Uh, I'm I'm thinking about getting a Mac because I noticed you know at Microsoft all uh, all hackers are using MacBooks so right. I, I feel like I I, sh- I should get one too uh, but being serious because there is one cool thing about having MacBook uh, that you can develop towards everything because if you have a PC you could not really do iOS development uh, excuse me you could go to macincloud.com <laughs> and now you can on your PC that's what the cool kids are doing I have no idea what I'm talking about. Never even used the site. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so maybe then I can I don't have to buy it. Huh? Maybe. Yeah. We'll think about it. You yeah, but, pay but somebody s- something. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I would definitely check it out. Yeah, it's it sounds cool. Uh but but you know like because running Windows on Mac is is good, but you know trying to run a uh, Mac on Windows not so good. Uh, that's like uh you know, I tried once uh yeah. Don't waste your time. Uh, but I'll, I'll tell you, the Mac book is the one thing you can reliably spend more than $5,000 on. Oh, They're just whoa. expensive machines. Yeah. Whoa. Which version? Uh, load it up, they- man. Go onto the Apple.com site and just start clicking buttons. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I mean, because I've, I found the, the most loaded is for less than 3 k something like that. Am I, uh, am I, I not... Seeing something because I'm talking about my MacBook Pro, right? Because right, this one is the most most powerful, right? So it will be like good dev machine, uh, and yeah, I think they are, yeah, they are all the way up to like 3K. I don't think you have like 5K option. Hey, so <laughs> uh, getting back in here, I have a iPhone 6 Plus, and I went to portal.azure.com on it, and I see the list on the left, and I click on the. Uh, uh, SQL databases, and I get a list of SQL icons. <laughs> That's about nice. all I get. <laughs> so, so, so you know, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, currently, First of all, what are you doing going to a portal for Azure on your phone? So, so here's the thing. Currently, we don't officially support mobile uh, browsers. Okay. But we also don't want to block them. Right. Because, you know... Uh, it might start working someday. Sure. You know, just, <laughs> it might. Just, it might. Because, you know, like uh, a few months back, you, you weren't able to do anything. Yeah. You know, it was just crashing, right? Yeah. Now it's working and we didn't do, you know, anything special, actually. Yeah. We, we're just doing some perf improvements and stuff like that. Probably this helped. Uh, for example, you know, we, we run the portal in my friend's Tesla. And it's working too, you know? <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yep. Driving down the road at a thousand miles an hour. Hey, let's see what my, uh, let's see who's on the website right now. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, so so we have this sort of like philosophy now that you know we don't want to you know explicitly say, hey, you are using some unsupported device or browser. We're like, hey, we have a list. We maintain the list, uh, which is of course Chrome, Firefox, yeah. uh, Edge, uh, last version of IE, last version of Safari. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so these are su supported. You have good experience there. Uh, but if you, you know, if you really want to try it on your iPhone, mm -hmm. do it and have fun. You know, we don't want to stop you. Sure. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you have one of those new Windows phones, Windows 10 and and uh, Convergence, what is the name yeah. of this tool? I think it's Convergence. No, it's yeah. not. It's Continuum. And Continuum. continuum right. Then uh, you can just plug it into a keyboard mouse and have at it. Yeah. yeah, which is just an interesting way to think about uh, presenting the whole thing. Right. I got to think, you know, jumping back to what we were talking about before the break there, this battle of the UI is going to be the most interesting part of your job, Jacob, because somebody's going to build something because they want their UI to look a certain way. Mm. And then at some point you're going to decide, well, multiple people need to use this. We've got to pull it into the portal framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. So, you know, this can definitely happen. And sometimes, for example, application insights, they, uh, they have s some very complex looking charts. Sure. Yeah. Know? Great visualizations. Yeah. So, you know, they, yeah, they were like, Hey, we need this. And, uh, and in this case it was like, okay, sure. Let's build it together. And we have like, uh, two or three developers from their team. They just came to our building and for a month or so, they were like, uh, building it together with us. They were saying, we need to do this. And, you know, we are helping them. How, okay. So this is how you build the control. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they built it and it was working. So we also have, uh, you know, solution for, for this kind of scenarios. Right. Yeah, you just got to be able to, to absorb all of that. But then, you know, I got to think when you take over a piece and make it into a standardized control, then you've got to sort of push back to the originator and say, now you have to change your component to use our new pieces of the framework. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, if they want to use already existing uh, yep. piece, then sure, you know, we can add some features for them, but you know, it, it has to be in the like reasonable boundaries that we, you know, first we won't break another uh, people who are using it and, right. you know, to, to still sort of, you know, keep it generic and consistent. And usable. I mean, somebody's got to be able to, you know, you, you keep adding things here and there and everywhere. Eventually you end up with an API nobody understands. Yes. Uh, but again typescript is helping us with that because you know right. everything what extension partners that they they are doing mm -hmm. they're just using uh the control controls view models entire logic is is done by us they just use the view models and so they can say for example chart dot and you know they have all list of properties and you nice. know so, and then they can say you know for example you know three dimension two dimension uh su supply data uh display this display that so it's pretty disco discoverable thanks uh, to the TypeScript. Can you speak to how external companies, and you mentioned New Relic, uh, get into this game, like just be able to be part of the portal? I mean, I, I don't know details because this is something that project managers are handling. Right, it's uh, not your problem. You're, you're just building it. They just tell you who the partners are. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I joined the team, they they already was there because I joined the team in uh, September 2014. So uh, I think Neural Extension was already, you know, building. And, you know, we have like project managers who are like sort of, you know, helping to orchestrate again between the, the framework and between what they need. And, you know, we, we sort of team with them. Right. And th- But there's quite a few of them. Uh, oh yeah and like again I, mm-hmm. I cannot even list all of them because it's so many of them at this point uh, yeah we have we have docker uh, we have uh, uh, this uh, HD insight uh, which is sort of you know in Microsoft but there, there are also like uh, I think there are also like partners who are building HD insight components from outside of Microsoft but yeah I'm not sure about the, all the details uh, I know the most about uh websites, virtual machines, maybe SQL guys, because we work with them mostly because they have the most experiences uh, in the portal. And yeah, and there's few ones. uh, Yeah, don't know much. Jacob, how uh, how do you go about testing something like this? All the pieces? So our very first unit test is TypeScript compilation. Then then we have a set of Q unit tests. we use QUnit because at the time when the project started, which was, I think, 2013, QUnit was the most major JavaScript uh, testing framework. Is that Jeff Fritz's thing, QUnit? Yeah, QUnit is a J- jQuery uh, framework. Right. Uh, and on top of that, we have uh, UI tests uh, written with Selenium. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are trying to push towards have as much QUnit tests as possible, but not... Uh, many uh, UI tests because they're expensive. It takes like almost a minute to run one test uh, while in one minute you can uh, run thousands of QUnit tests. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, so, and we have continuous integration uh, where we run the UI tests in parallel because, you know, we have already like hundreds of them and, you know, to make it to make it fast in such a, you know, reasonable time we we're not able to run it on one machine to do it so i think we have uh tens of machines to run them actually because uh, you know this is technology called the cloud (laughs) (laughs) it's really great for running lots of tests in parallel oh yeah definitely there's there's one feature that you guys did that is at the same time very cool and very evil you took over the right mouse button in the browser Yes and no. <laughs> okay. Because if you click control right, then you have it back. Ah, look at you. Oh, control right click. Yeah. Then you can look at oh, that. Learn something new. Yeah, then you, you can inspect everything and see what uh, what other evil things we did underneath. Wow. <laughs> and you know, and by the way, uh, if you are talking about the the things, also if you click the question mark, there are keyboard shortcuts on the portal. Uh, which also uh, can help you to navigate if you're like keyboard person, like I am. Move faster. Look at that. Just press the question mark and it pops up. Yep. That's cool. That is cool. Those are two really cool tips. Yeah. So, for example, if you say uh, G plus W, it will open the list of your websites. You don't have to, you know, go to the list and click. That is the coolest thing I've seen all day. There you go. You made Carl's day. I don't know if we're going to hear from him again. He's done. Yeah, that's (laughs) (laughs) it. 
Uh, let me seg on to something related. Uh, this is a conversation I saw on Twitter recently, and a conversation that Carl and I were having as well, just about trying to organize all of the information that you have in Azure, all those different resources by application or project, as opposed to where they're organized right now by tool. Right. It's it's great for you guys, but for somebody who is project centric, it can be a little daunting to try to find things. So we have the thing we have the thing called resource groups. Yes, you and, do. And this allows you to logically sort of group group the uh, different resources, and the resources can be even you know in different regions. It doesn't matter. It's just you know the logical grouping. And c- currently, uh, we are working on the moving resources between groups because if you go to aka.ms slash Azure Portal feedback. You can see what are the what users want us to do, and currently the most voted the uh, most voted feature is to ability to move resources from one resource group to another. Sure, yeah, exactly. Ah. Not only that, but resources are they look like they're bound to a particular subscription, and you may have pieces of a project that go across multiple subscriptions. Well, yeah, uh, subscriptions and Active Directory and yeah. uh, tenants. That's yeah another another story on top of which uh, all of this is built. Uh, and f- yeah, usually you need to you need to have access to subscription. Uh, usually you you can view on the portal only things that are within the few subscription so if you have if you have multiple subscriptions and if you go to all resources blade then you'll have a drop down and you can select one or you can select multiple subscriptions that you can see resources across them but the resource group is still like you know sort of bounded to uh to particular subscription all right well that makes sense so one of the issues that i had with azure a while ago was giving other people access to my uh, you know, to my development resources and to my resources in Azure without actually giving them access to admin access to everything. Is there, is there a new sort of role and user system that works just in Azure that I can, you know, create a user to, to work with a particular website in a particular database, but not see everything else in my portal? Yeah, so this is again, this is Active Directory thing. And I believe like currently the Active Directory doesn't allow you to use some resources. And it depends on the type of subscription you have also. It's different for DreamSpark subscriptions. It's different for MSDN. It's different for, you know, like big business customers. So, uh, answering your question, it depends. Okay. Depends. (laughs) Depends. That's a good answer. We get that a lot. Yep. It's a good answer. (laughs) Yep. So it depends what subscription you have. Uh, you can or you cannot. Well, okay. Uh, so what's coming next? I mean, I'm sure it's going to be 15 minutes by the time it, it, the next thing gets deployed. But <laughs> uh, yeah. So currently, uh, we don't have any like you know big features coming because we sort of stabilized the API once we GA last December. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are just you know. Doing uh, our day-to-day job, which sort of uh, works sort of like before, but without any big uh, changes. So you know, partners are asking us to uh, 
do some scenario to support some scenario or if you can you know build some new uh, web control for us so this is all the time what what uh, we are doing uh, like i'm currently working on uh, uh, for example polyfilling uh, some stuff for safari because safari doesn't support uh, some api that's supported by other browsers mm, yeah. so that's kind of thing and we keep still working on the performance as well to you know right. make it even more fast and more smooth uh, and also we get you know user feedback and actually you can see what we're working on if you go to the uh, already mentioned aka.ms slash azure portal feedback mm-hmm so there are like top features and you can even see the status what we are working on so you can see the moving stuff between resource groups moving services between subscriptions wow i love it and you can you know you can vote you can add your feature and if you if you see there is a drop down uh, status and if you open it you can see that uh, there are different ca- categories under review is 368 25 are planned 13 are planned and completed are 267 so 267 stuff that pops up there we did wow and kids go to search before you enter your idea (laughs) (laughs) something tells me it's already there (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah so this happens also many times like you know some people are saying oh yeah i cannot do this oh check but now we can oh i didn't know and yeah sure it's you know it's hard because you know it's not here today it will be there tomorrow it's constantly changing it's because entire azure is changing and you know we're, right. uh, we cannot really so i searched for sql and the first thing that comes up is make sql azure 100 percent t sql compatible status completed nice. <laughs> that's good to know yep and i believe it's already started right <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. That just takes away so much guesswork. And why not? Why not expose what you're doing and working on? What a window yeah, into... Wow, that's great. Yeah, that's the idea of this new, new Microsoft. Uh, like the same what our people at the ASP.NET uh, doing. They, they are saying what we want to do. They, you know, they released the very early beta version of uh, the framework, which, you know, it's constantly also changing, but I think it's better to, you know, show and get feedback from users than, you know, come up with something and here it is, deal with that. All right, Jacob, Jedrashek, I think that's where we got to leave it. Uh, Thank you so much. This is great. Oh, thank you very much. It was very nice to talking to you guys. All right, kids, jump in. Portal.azure.com. Know it, learn it, love it. And you can also get the you know free trial where you have $200 to spend if you go to azure.com. Well, good. So if I guess if you don't have an MSDN subscription, right, you can go there and grab it. Yep. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, and thank you very much, Carl. All right, and we'll see you next time on .NET Rocks. .NET Rocks is brought to you by Franklin's Net and produced by Plop Studios, a full-service audio, video, and post-production facility located physically in New London, Connecticut, and, of course, in the cloud. Online at pwop.com. Visit our website at dotnetrocks.com for RSS feeds, downloads, mobile apps, comments, and access to the full archives going back to show number one, 
recorded in September 2002. And make sure you check out our sponsors. They keep us in business. Now go write some code. See you next time. Got a transmitter band by the FCC.